Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. Whether you're planning your next family vacation, knocking off trips from your bucket list, or just seeking adventure, fresh air, and open skies, you'll want to visit a national park. On the line with some tips for visiting national parks is Allison Johnson, Senior Editor for National Geographic's Complete National Parks of the United States. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So, Allison, when is the best time to visit a national park? You know, I like to tell people while summer and fall are great times to visit a national park because the weather is nice in the autumn, you got those beautiful colors. One of the best times to visit a national park is actually in the off season. Try those winter times because even though the weather's colder, you might have a little snow, you're going to have fewer crowds, which is really lovely because you get more of the park to yourself. You might fit a lot more in because it's not so crowded. And you might even get to explore a bit more because you're not trying to dodge people. And a lot of times what happens is you end up having parts of the park to yourself. You know, when I visited Yellowstone National Park, I went in the dead of winter and there's lots of snow on the ground. But there were very few people around and we did really fun activities like snowshoeing and snowmobiling that made it a very different experience in the park, but very enjoyable because you still got all those highlights. You got to see Old Faithful and the other geysers, but you didn't have to deal with all the people that can go in the summer during spring break or summer vacation. So definitely aim to go for the off season if you can. And what other tricks and tips do you have for visiting a national park? One of my favorite tricks and tips that I tell people is to talk to the park rangers at the parks. A lot of times people skip right over the visitor center anxious to get to a hike or to see the best site that they read about online. Talk to those park rangers at the visitor center. They are your knowledge base. And we actually interview all the park rangers at the national parks and state parks around the country in order to create this book, to have all those hidden tricks and hidden gems throughout the park within our pages. But what these park rangers can do when you meet them and talk to them in person is they can give you a guide to really seeing the park to what meets your needs, whether that's making sure you have an accessible, friendly walk to take, whether you're looking for a more challenging hike that you want to do, whether you want to do bird watching or you want to spot some wildlife, they'll guide you in the right direction. So definitely take the time to talk to those park rangers. They are in the park day in and day out and they know it better than anyone. So they can really customize the experience for you. And does this book, National Geographic's Complete National Parks of the United States, address like which parks are best to visit with like kids or seniors or a girls or guys trip? Absolutely. A lot of the parks we have, especially for kids and seniors, we call that out right in this book so that you know this is a family-friendly place to be. Most national parks actually are really friendly for families. They even have a junior park ranger program which is best for kids that are age 5 to 13, but really anyone can enjoy. And what you do is you get an activity within the park. So maybe it's a scavenger hunt while you're on a hike or wildlife spotting. And then your kids go talk to a park ranger, show them what they learned, and they get a patch and a certificate at the end of the day. That really shows off what they did and it names them as a junior park ranger of the program. You also have um, a passport book that you can collect with your kids along the way when you're visiting national 
national parks and you get a sticker from every park. And that is so wonderful because it's almost like helping you fulfill your bucket list. And I know people now who are in their 30s and 40s who still hold on to those passport books from when they were children and still try to add stickers to them year over year. And we call it wonderful destinations for families and seniors. There's everything from Shenandoah National Park, which is great for just an easy drive with some good scenic overlooks. And they also have Luray Caverns, which is a national natural landmark right off the Shenandoah Skyline Drive. And it's great for adults and children. Kids are... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Under six are free there. And what kid doesn't love exploring a cave system? It's Mm -hmm. like being in another world for them, which is absolutely wonderful. Tell us about some ability-friendly national parks and areas. The National Park Service is actually doing a really great job of making our national parks and state parks more ability-friendly and accessible to everyone. Uh, One that I love to call out because I think it's unique and most people wouldn't expect it, Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico It's a cave system, and they actually have an elevator that takes wheelchair users about 750 feet underground to what's called the Big Room, which is a cave chamber. And there's more than a mile of paved trails within the cave that wheelchair users can explore. Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, it's the world's longest cave system. It's actually also wheelchair accessible, and they offer a wheelchair accessible tour two times a day at Mammoth Cave. So those are really unique experiences that anyone can enjoy. Similarly, in Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lake Shore in Michigan, they actually have hearing assistance devices throughout the park to help those that are hard of hearing and track chairs for easy accessing terrain that wheelchairs can't typically handle. They also have accessibility kayak and canoe launches so that you can explore the lake shore and the lake easily. And there are no motorboats allowed on the lake, so it's a really quiet, peaceful lake to enjoy. And then you have bigger places like the Grand Canyon where they have the Trail of Time, which is a three-mile trail that's wheelchair accessible and takes you to some of the best scenic spots on the south rim of the canyon. And Great Sand Dunes in Colorado. Again, you might not expect sandy dunes to be wheelchair accessible, but the park offers sand wheelchairs that have inflatable tires to help you navigate the sand. It also has wheelchair-friendly picnic sites and accessible-friendly campsites. There are actually three accessible campsites at Pinion Flats in Great Sand Dunes, Colorado. And those are just a few of the examples of how many parks are becoming more and more accessible to different types of travelers. I'm speaking with Allison Johnson, Senior Editor for National Geographic's Complete National Parks of the United States. What are some highlights like the smallest park or the most visited or the least visited? Yes. So the smallest park in terms of national parks goes to Gateway Arch in St. Louis. It's 91 acres and it's an urban park. So it's right outside the city of St. Louis. It's, you know, where the Gateway Arch that St. Louis is known for is. And there's a museum under the arch. But it's definitely not one of those wilderness parks where you're going to backcountry camp or backcountry hike. It's more of a quick trip when you're in St. Louis. You can easily make it to that park just like you would go to Central Park in New York. 
And the largest park on the flip side is 13.2 million acres big. It is Wrangell St. Elias in Alaska. And Alaska, of course, is our last great frontier. And so there are miles and miles of land to discover. And Alaska also takes the title for having the least visited park, which is Gates of the Arctic National Park. And there's a reason that's least visited. It is a gorgeous park, but it involves a lot of backcountry hiking and camping because it's very remote and very hard to get to. So while it's definitely worth the effort, you have to be able to deal with the elements and be a little off the grid to enjoy Gates of the Arctic National Park. What are the most popular national park destinations for this year and the coming years? Year over year, Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee is the most visited national park. That's because one, it's huge and there's a lot to see and do while you're in the park. And it also tracks 70 miles of the Appalachian Trail through the Great Smoky Mountains. Other popular ones year over year are the Grand Canyon, Rocky Mountain National Park, and Zion National Park in Utah. But coming up, a lot of people are getting very excited over New River Gorge National Park in West Virginia. And I think a lot of that excitement comes because of the fact that it's our newest national park. It was designated a national park in 2020. So people who are what I call national park counters, they want to make it to every national park, fill that bucket list. They're dying to get to New River Gorge and cross that off the list. The other popular one I'm seeing is White Sands National Park in New Mexico. And I think that comes into play because it's very different from a lot of the other national parks we have in the U.S. It's, as the name says, white sand dunes. It feels like you're on another planet when you're there. You can visit it for a day or you can do some backcountry camping there. And it's a really, really unique park in the United States. How many national parks have you been to and which one is your favorite? So of the 63 national parks, I'm still working my way through my own bucket list. I've been to around 20 or 25. And so far, one of my favorites of the national parks is definitely Zion and Bryce in Utah. And what I love about the Utah National Parks, sometimes it feels like you're on Mars when you're there. They're so different. But you can also hit a lot of these national parks in one road trip. So in Utah in particular, there are five national parks. And you can probably visit all five within a week. And they each offer something different. And I think it's a road trip that everybody must do if they love the national parks and they love being outside because There's a lot of hiking. There's a lot of different activities like snowshoeing or horseback riding that you can do in these parks. And they're truly beautiful. There's a reason that they are among the most popular of the national parks. I've been speaking with Allison Johnson, senior editor for National Geographic's Complete National Parks of the United States. You can pick up the book at your favorite online retailer, local bookseller, or at shopdisney.com. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.